Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I normally I don't brag about making expensive purchases, but the other day I walked into a store and I bought some lettuce. <laughs> now, of course, I say that in jest. However, I'm sure many of you can relate to that sentiment. Inflation is a word that you hear a lot about these days. Prices keep rising. Central banks keep raising interest rates to cool inflation. And over the past year, you've probably seen your grocery bill increase substantially. In fact, this past September, the inflation rate on the groceries was over 10%. That's the highest it's been since 1981. So I'm sure many of you are feeling the pinch at the checkout when you go grocery shopping. And when you hear that, when you think of your grocery bill, perhaps you get a little bit anxious or even nervous. Will I be able to keep putting food on the table? And not only food, will I be able to afford everything I need to buy? There's lots of things we, we need day by day. At the rate things are going, maybe you have your doubts. But here's where we must take heart. There's also good news. We are not here on this earth all alone fighting for our own survival. We have a Father in heaven. We can pray to him at any time, and he cares for our needs. Right next to the uncertainty of things like affording food, uh, we can place the Lord's Prayer. And specifically, we have the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, Give us this day our daily bread. It's a simple request, but it's a request that shapes not only our prayers, but it also shapes our lives in significant ways. So that brings us to the sermon theme, which this afternoon is as follows. Our Lord Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread. Well, we will look at this petition through the lens of, first of all, uh, faith, second of all, desires, and finally, actions. So, first of all, faith. So I'm not sure how it has gone for you in your life, but I certainly haven't gone one day in my life where I did not have access to food. I suspect most of us have had the same experience. Maybe not, but probably most of us. And we can be incredibly thankful for that. But this reality doesn't necessarily prevent us from worrying, especially about the future. You see, our physical dependence on food shows us how weak we are. We need food every day. If God were to close his hand of giving, even for a short while, we would soon perish. And in our weakness, we might doubt that God will provide, especially when the budget numbers don't seem to add up and you just can't see how you're going to make things work. And here's where we need to also grow in faith and trust in the Lord to give us what we need. Now, Lord's Day 7 speaks about true faith for salvation in Jesus Christ. And there we confess that true faith includes two main things. It includes a knowledge and trust. A knowledge whereby we accept God's word as true and a heartfelt trust in God's salvation in Jesus Christ. 
And similar things can be said when it comes to true faith that God will provide for our bodily needs. This includes a knowledge and a trust. So what kind of knowledge do we need? Well, the first thing we need to know is that all creation is in God's hands. Every molecule in this universe is in His control. God made everything, and He is sustaining all creation at every single moment, and it all belongs to Him. As Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, everything in it. Or consider Matthew 10, verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will? And so what does this mean for us? It means God has the power to provide for you in any and every situation. Doesn't matter what situation you are currently facing or will face in the future. Never doubt that for a moment. God has the power to provide. The second thing to know is that God also cares about your physical needs. He does. This is equally important. After all, God's almighty power would do us no good if he did not care about us. But Scripture makes clear that he does care. God created us as physical creatures, and he declared that physical creation very good. He treasures his creation, values it highly. That includes the physical world. Think also about this. God the Son willingly joined himself to a real human body, a flesh and blood body. Surely that alone shows how much value God places on our physical lives. Look also at the life of Christ. He did not only come to this earth to pay for our sins, but he came to renew the world. How much time did the Lord Jesus not spend healing the sick? You read it time and time again in the Gospels. He had compassion on the poor. Uh, He healed the blind and the lame and whoever else he came across. And so that shows. God the Son shows us what the Father is like, shows that God cares about our physical lives. And when we go through physical suffering, Christ cares about your physical life too. So that's the knowledge we need. But then there's also uh, the trust. You see, faith is not just wishful thinking. Faith requires an object. And the object of our faith is always God's promises, which He has revealed to us in His Word. And where, what do we read from Scripture? Well, we read that God has promised to provide for His children. And trust involves the conviction that God will do what He promises. And so to discover God's promises, we just open up God's Word and see them in Jesus Christ. We heard one of God's promises near the end of Philippians 4. The Apostle Paul writes, I am well supplied, 
having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Right? God used the Philippian uh, believers to supply Paul's needs, and Paul says they can trust that God will also supply every need of theirs. We can trust that God will supply your needs too. The Lord Jesus teaches us the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. We know these well-known words, but it is, we could read these words every morning when we get up. Where Christ says, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither labor nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Such important words to remember and to get into our hearts and our minds. Now, if God's promises were not enough, and they they are enough to help us trust in the Lord, consider something else. Consider also what the Bible teaches us about prayer. The nature of prayer gives us confidence that God will supply our needs. What do I mean? Well, listen to these words from 1 John 5, verse 14. The Holy Spirit teaches us there, This is the confidence we have toward the Son of God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. So if we ask according to His will, He will hear us. And we can be 100% certain that praying for our daily bread is according to His will. After all, the, the very Son of God was the one who taught us to pray this, this petition. And that's what gives us confidence in prayer. Now, all that being said, this does not mean we will never face times of scarcity or hunger. The Bible also makes that clear, that sometimes God's children can face times of scarcity. In fact, the words of Paul in Philippians 4 shows that this can happen. He says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. So yes, the Apostle Paul was brought low at times by God's sovereign hand. Occasionally, he did experience hunger and need. We might face the same thing ourselves. Maybe we are right now. But it's good to ask, why might God allow that to happen? Is he being unfaithful to his promises, even the promises I, I just told you about from Scripture? Well, the answer is no, he's not being unfaithful, but he does these things for good purposes in our lives. Why might he do this? 
Well, God might give us times of hunger to show us there are even more important things in life than food. Yes, even food. What did he tell the Israelites in the Old Testament? He said in Deuteronomy 8, God humbled you. He brought them low, as he did the Apostle Paul. And he let you hunger and fed you with manna, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Yes, physical food is important. But there's something even far more important than that. It's the food that is the Word of God, food for our souls. We need that more than anything. By the spiritual food of the Word of God, we are given food to eternal life in Jesus Christ. And God might let us hunger for a time in order to help us see that. Another reason God might let us go through times of scarcity is so that we come to know that God is our strength. We see that also in Philippians 4. What does Paul confess there? He says, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Right? He learned that God was his strength as he went through times of scarcity. And God allowed him to endure those times where he didn't have very much. And at the end of the day, we must confess the same thing too. God is our strength. And so we can confess, I might not have much in life, but I have God. And so I will be okay. Or perhaps it's better to say, he has me. And so I will be okay. That brings us to the second point, matter of desires. Now, when you look at the fourth petition, you can notice something about it, just the simplicity of this petition. Jesus teaches us to pray to God, give us this day our daily bread. Right? It puts a focus on one day at a time. It's a prayer for God to give us merely what we need. A prayer for bread. It's by no means luxurious, and it doesn't really get simpler than that. Your daily bread. And that also should make us wrestle with a few important questions from that. You know, ask yourself, what do you really need in life? And what sort of desires do you have for material things? You know, it's all too easy for the desire for more stuff to just take over our hearts. There is so much material prosperity in our country, and it's not hard for those things to take control of our lives. But look at how God warns us about this in Philippians 3. He says, there are many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, that walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Right? That just completely dominates their perspective in life, not thinking about God, but only getting more stuff. 
So we must reflect, are we walking in that same hostility towards God? Is your belly your God? Is your mind set completely on material, physical things? Now, we must understand it's not that material things are sinful. God made the physical world after all. But He is guarding us against a worldly mindset that focuses only on this life. It's so easy for us to simply focus only on this life. We must remember, God is not there just to serve my dreams and my wishes and give me all the things I want in life. Life is not one big game of grabbing as many things as possible before we die. Instead, God here is teaching us to develop a right perspective on life and on material things. And this right perspective is found in Philippians 3 as well. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from heaven, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. God has made us citizens of heaven. And we have citizenship in an eternal country. That's because Jesus Christ was crucified for us. He arose from the dead and ascended into heaven for believers. Christ has made you a child of God. And through Christ's resurrection, you are born again into a living hope, into eternal life. And as God's children, we are His heirs, His eternal heirs. And so we have an inheritance that cannot be defiled or fade away. It cannot be taken away. It is eternal in the heavens. The question we, we need to ask, and the question this petition should arise, make a, arise in our hearts is, am I living with that perspective? Am I living in light of that hope every day? Or are you simply living uh, to gain your best life now? Do your attitude and actions toward material things show that you have that eternal mindset. Give us this day our daily bread, Christ teaches us to pray. That's not much, is it? And are you okay with that? If he were to merely give you your daily bread, would you be content in your heart? Paul writes about contentment as well. He says he learned to be content in whatever situation he found himself in. He was content when he had a lot. He was content if he had very little. And do you describe yourself as a content person? That you're okay if you don't have much. Or if you have lots, there's not this drive, such a strong drive and need to gain all the more that you're satisfied with what the Lord has given you in life. You know, it's, when you stand back and look, look at it, it actually is really silly how humans often act. So often we try to feed our souls 
with material things. What happens when you go on Amazon to purchase something? Well, you get a little dopamine hit that kind of feels good. Then you get the same feeling when the doorbell rings to signal the the arrival of your package. It can give you the sense that you're benefiting your soul, that you are getting, gaining fulfillment. But it's not going to work in the end. And to see the foolishness of this, consider doing the reverse of this strategy. What's the reverse of the strategy? Let's try to satisfy your physical hunger with spiritual things. We know that's not going to work. We don't feed our bodies with spiritual things. Uh, Listening to a sermon is, is what you need for your spirit to be fed by God's Word, but no one will walk out of here saying, well, after listening to that sermon, my stomach feels full. I don't need supper tonight, unless you've eaten a lot of candies, I guess. But what I mean is that you don't read the Bible to sustain your body or remove your physical hunger. We know that's not how it works. This is probably very obvious to you. But the thing is, why then do we so often feel to see things the other way? You can't feed your soul with material things. If you try to do that, you will only leave yourself feeling empty and longing for real spiritual food. Again, don't get me wrong, it's not that material things are sinful. They are not. It's not that getting more possessions is wrong. But these things must be kept in their proper place. Let us be content, whether we have much or whether we have little, with our daily bread. The true food for our souls, on the other hand, is our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, who fills us with His Spirit, who gives us eternal life. We were made for fellowship with God. Let us pursue that, beloved. That will never leave us feeling empty. That brings us to our last point. And so far, we've looked at the fourth petition through the lens of faith and then desires. Now we're going to look at our actions. That's no surprise that this includes, first of all, praying. We are looking and studying the Lord's Prayer after all. Now, prayer, in a way, can be described as faith in action. God speaks to us through His Word. He gives us his promises, he teaches us his will, and then we respond to God in faith by praying according to what we read in the scriptures. Jesus teaches us to pray every day for God to provide. And you know what? It can be easy to neglect this. I can be guilty of this, especially when you have a full freezer and stocked pantry. But we need to pray this petition regardless. The world is not a machine. Things don't run automatically. Every morsel of food you have is a gift from God. Remember, God is in control. If He closes His hand and His gifts stop flowing, you will soon be left with nothing. And so this petition, praying this petition, is a call for us to honor God 
Acknowledge Him as the one in control, the giver of gifts. So every day, seek God's blessing. Ask Him to supply all your needs. And then trust that God will hear. As Paul says here in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right? God is teaching us, turn anxiety into an opportunity for prayer. Let your requests be made known to God. Do it with thanksgiving. We might have a hard time trusting, but we can always still put our faith into action, no matter how weak that faith might be, by praying to our Father in heaven. You're facing financial pressure? Talk to God about it. He wants to hear from you. Ask Him to provide your needs and to relieve your anxiety. That's all included in this petition. And as we pray this petition, we must also get to work as well. Although God can drop manna from the sky as He did for Israel in the wilderness, He hasn't promised to do that for us in our context. Instead, He has given us a command. And He has commanded us to work, to earn food for ourselves. And that's so often the means through which God supplies our physical needs. 2 Thessalonians 3 says, If anyone is not willing to work, neither shall he eat. So we must respond to God's command by indeed working to gain what we need. Pray and work. Along with that, God also calls us to wisely use the things He gives us. You can't recklessly spend your money without suffering consequences. Let us be willing to adjust our spending if need be. And that might be a reality in a time of high inflation. Now, I'm not going to spend or tell you exactly how you need to spend your money, but I want to ask, are you okay with lowering your standard of living? It can be hard. Or do you hold on to your lifestyle no matter what the cost, no matter if you were to go uh, deeply into debt? God calls us to live within our means. And He does this so that we can not only provide for ourselves, but so that we can provide for others. Notice how the Lord Jesus words this petition. He does not teach us to pray, give me this day my daily bread, but give us this day our daily bread. To adopt a communal mindset and to think also of the needs of others. There are plenty of hungry people in this world, and you just might be the means God uses to provide for them. You find these commands all over Scripture too. I'll just leave you with one from Acts 20. Paul is speaking to the Ephesian elders, and he says this, you, you yourselves know that these hands minister to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things, I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak 
and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Let us now respond to the preaching of God's word by singing together a hymn based on the Lord's Prayer. We'll sing hymn 63, stanzas 1 and 5. <clears throat> 